On this week's episode, join us for a St. Patty's Day special as we bring you the famous and tragic murder of Kitty Genovese, followed by a rundown of our favorite movie, Boondock Saints. So when you're done reciting that family prayer, come on down to the pod shed. We poured you a pint of Guinness, and we're talking about murder. Welcome back to another episode, THC, True Hollywood Crime. I'm your host, Mariah. This is your host, Bailey. You know, just in case you forgot, since it's been a whole week. We took a week off, and we were just saying, it doesn't even feel like we know how to do this anymore. <laughs> like we really knew what we were doing to begin with. I know, but I forgot how to do everything. How do you talk into these microphones? So bear with us this week, guys. It'll oh. be a real roller coaster. <laughs> oh, no. Happy belated St. Patty's Day. This is our St. Patrick's Day theme special. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we need any excuse for a good special or a theme. Wait, speaking of St. Patty's Day, where's my corned beef and cabbage? I still got some. I'll make you some for breakfast. Fuck yeah. Yeah. B makes the best corned beef and cabbage mm-hmm. every year. And this is like the first year in what, three years running that yeah. I haven't had it. We didn't have anybody over. We just had it ourselves. Well, I know. But did you have it this weekend or did you have it on St. Patty's on Day? On Patty's Day. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Because it's kind of hard when Patty's Day is in the middle of the week. It worked out. But yeah, between, you know, making, we went to the grocery store, made our actual dinner for that night, did the bath time, did the bedtime, and then fuck, I have to make tomorrow night's dinner on top of it. Yeah. Because I do all of my seasonings and I sear it in and I let everything sit in the Guinness beer overnight. Delicious. Mm -hmm. It's so good. It is. I cannot wait to eat some. I know. It came out real good this time. Yeah, Patty's Day was a little boring, but look, we get to celebrate now. Of course. With this especial. Um, what else did we do this week? We did your hair. Oh my goodness, did we do my hair. It looks so great. I'm going to post pictures on THC it's Podcast. The, it's the best yet. On Instagram. We tried to make a TikTok. We failed. We tried. We tried so hard. We sure did. It was... And the fact that we're doing it at your new job, especially. Yeah, so B came embarrassing in. ourselves, really showing our age. B came in to get her hair done at the salon, which was super fun because I don't think I've ever done your hair in a salon before. Yes, I went into Salon Cartier. Before, oh, did you? Mm-hmm, when I went blonde, blonde. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, well, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. So that was super fun. But yeah, we were sitting there trying to make a TikTok in front of, you know, not <laughs> all my new coworkers and mm-hmm. clients and. You know, it was a bit of a fail, but we learned some lessons. It was hysterical. And now maybe we can make we're another one someday. And you know we're trying. We, we keep sure telling are. you. We're trying. We tried with the eyebrows. We tried with the hair. We'll get there, people. Give us time. Hey, give us some tips. Leave, yeah. a, leave a comment telling us how to use TikTok properly. Please. Also, if you've left any reviews, comments, star ratings, thank you so much. We appreciate it. It helps the podcast. And uh, it gives us some love. It makes us feel good. And we know that someone's listening. Exactly. So if you haven't, go do that because that would be great. And if not, it's all right, too. It doesn't. Yeah, it's I fine. Mean, yeah, you're here. That's it. That's really <laughs> all you're we listening, could ask for is that you're here. incredible. Mm-hmm. Do you think we'll ever meet somebody who listens to this? I hope not. 
I would die. That's it. Okay, guys. If you guys ever see Bailey on the street, avoid her. I would just die. Oh, my God. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think we have enough listeners. It would be a needle in the haystack situation. It would. But it would be incredible. It would. I would be. I would cry instantly. I'd be so excited. That's why. Yeah. I would just have a mental breakdown. I don't know who would be, if I would be, like, excited or nervous. (laughs) Yeah. I know you. You would just shut down. Exactly. (laughs) So awkward. Um, uh, I've been adjusting to work. It's been weird, but it's been good. You know, just trying to figure it all out. Trying to figure out a new normal. Never easy, but we'll get there. I feel Um, like a lot of people can relate to that right now, though. Everyone's trying to figure out their new normal. Every client I get is like... I haven't done my hair in a year. I need help now. And I'm like, yeah, that's everybody. Don't worry. Right. We're all there. And then everyone's like, I cut my hair myself or I did this dye job myself. I did this to myself. I'm like, don't worry. Literally everybody is saying that Uh because everyone's coming out. of. It feels like everyone's coming out of hibernation. It is. (laughs) It is. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's that. Um, I am not all the way caught up on Married at First Sight, but I did watch the couples retreat that's all that matters the i was couples retreat is everything. trying so hard to get caught up in time for this that i had it on while i was doing my makeup for work this morning that's fine because i'm sure you won't mind i'll have you do like a predict that's what i figured i'm yeah. like i'm not gonna watch i didn't even want to watch the finale anyways because i wanted to guess it mm-hmm. that retreat was crazy it's everything but um, that's for the second that's, podcast that's, that's our second half although listen you might want to stay tuned because this is going to be our last married at first sight episode for a, a bit until Hulu figures it out, right? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. This Is Us is on. It might turn into a This Is Us podcast it at some point. Easily could. Um. Yeah. Other than that, anything else, B? Mm-hmm. Anything else you've been up to? It's been a boring two weeks off. Well, it's just kind of a blur come to now, right? I feel like. Oh, had- I know something we did last podcast episode <gasps> and then last weekend. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Blackout is yeah. what we did. <laughs> right that's you asked me so you want to tell me about your week what what week what week so we recorded um not last weekend but the weekend before and made cocktails so afterwards every time pretty much every podcast our routine is split a bottle of wine and then we each have like two seltzers mm-hmm. like a white claw or a truly situation yeah then last week I was like, oh, I'll just make us each one vodka drink. Not a big deal. These are vodka drinks that we drink all the time, which is a vodka and seltzer. So instead of like a vodka soda, it's a vodka seltzer. Well, when my baby brother was here from Wisconsin, his beautiful, lovely fiance drinks this stuff called Kinky Pink. And I'm sure she loves it. I've never it, seen it. I've never heard of it. It is not it mine. It seemed in, like a fictitious like unicorn. <laughs> like, I, where did it come from? It is not mine and B's cup of tea. It's not what we would normally buy. The fact that they were able to find it. In the big bottle, because she says she normally buys like the minis and then mixes them with Red right? Bull. Yeah. And oh. he found a big bottle at our local liquor store. So crazy to me. So it is a syrupy, sweet, fruity pink alcohol that has a higher alcohol content than wine Mm -hmm. it's so (laughs) sweet it's hard for us to drink um but if you like a really sweet fruity drink you know it does approach with caution because i did the vodka seltzer and i did a kinky pink 
float. We called them stinky pinkies. <laughs> they were so pretty, too. They were pretty. They tasted all right. They tasted fine. Um, and then they leave your mouth feeling a little fuzzy. And then, yeah, you black out. We proceeded. So this is how it works. We're, you're fine. You're fine. You don't feel that drunk. A little buzzed, but not that drunk. And then your consciousness shuts off. Yeah. And the only thing we could think of is it has to be the kinky pink. It because vodka We're seltzers, alcoholics on the regular. Like what changed? We drink vodka seltzers all the time. So um, I remember telling you you had to leave mm-hmm. because I could feel it coming. <laughs> And I can feel it coming. I remember you like stumble running to your house. Yep. Which then your husband said that he said. I was a train wreck. He's all, you said stuff, but none of it was words. <laughs> that a real struggle trying to get through the door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I just kind of danced in the rain for a little bit because it was raining and I kind of just, you know, was but vibing. I thought I had handled myself so well. <laughs> of course. It's kinky pink. So then I vibed in the rain for a little bit by myself in my driveway at night yeah. and came in. And from the walk to my driveway to my front door, my Who brain knows? shut off. Mm-hmm. Anything could have happened. I woke up the next day so sick, so hungover, wanted to. D- I hadn't been that hungover since not this Super Bowl that just happened, but the Super Bowl before that, because that was our last of our girls night because then we COVID out, happened out. Mm-hmm. and we both almost died the next day. Yeah. Anyway, so I hadn't been hung over like that in over a year. And I was on death's door. And then here comes, what time did you guys come over? 2.30. Yeah, 2.33 o'clock. Here comes B with her daughter, Violet. And I I told her because I hadn't hadn't done anything. I sat on the couch and I was like, I'm sorry about the state of the house. I can't move. I'm dying. And B's all, thank God. Because she was just as hung over and we both had been sitting there in our hangovers thinking that we were alone. Yes. And so when we saw each other both <laughs> looking like we were on death's door, just sympathizing for one another as our husbands mocked us. I really thought something was physically wrong with me because it felt like I had gotten alcohol poisoning, yeah. but we didn't drink enough to right. get alcohol poisoning. Uh-huh. It's like it was, what did I eat? <laughs> oh my lanta so then the next weekend because we're absolute psychopaths we're, we're like we need to test the kinky pink theory in all fairness this is a little bit of an unfair test because like you had already started drinking right by the time i showed up we found a drink on tiktok what was the drink be the girls long island a girly long island what's in it so it's vodka one ounce vodka white wine two ounces white wine seltzer Fill up with seltzer. Right. Like a white claw, whatever. And then we added, again, a shot of stinky pink. Yeah. And the original recipe tells you to do like a float of like a strawberry lemonade. Oh, that's right. I forgot the lemonade. Maybe like a fruit Mm -hmm. punch or something. Something to give it some color. A little bit of flavor. Yeah. And these things are delicious. They're so fucking good. When I tell you it doesn't taste like alcohol, I mean, it tastes less like alcohol than a seltzer does. Yeah. And seltzers don't even taste like alcohol. But we decided instead of the strawberry lemonade float to do the kinky pink float. And remember, what was your husband's reaction? He was so scared. He was pissed. Yeah. He's like, you're not doing that tonight. He's like, save that for your fucking pod shed where we could just lock you guys away. He's like, you are not doing that tonight. You are not putting that shit in your drinks. That shit happened. But we did. Yeah. And once again, I remember the night perfectly. I wasn't even that drunk. I was having a good time. 
No problem. Until. And then I felt Bailey went to bed. She physically fought me to go to uh-huh. bed because I, I was trying to keep her up and she was like, Fuck I can't you. do it. I know. And she, so she knew she went to bed. I stayed up a little bit longer and drank a little bit more. And then I started to feel like tunnel vision. And I went home and you went home barefoot. I, I was in socks, <laughs> but I left my shoes behind. It's true. <laughs> B and I live. If you don't know, if you're new, we are next door neighbors, like basically share a front yard. Mm-hmm. So from the walk to B's front door to my front door, once again, my consciousness shut off. Jesus took the wheel. <laughs> and both nights, other things happened that night at home that I have zero memory of. But everybody else remembers. <laughs> Everybody else being just my husband. Yeah. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. crazy. So no more kinky pink for us. Although there is a... Yeah, because we finished the bottle. I know. Thank God. But there is a little part of me that's always like... Mm, I have one on hand. Next just, girl's trip out. You yeah. know, why the not? Next time we're locked in a cabin somewhere with no husbands. Just bring a lot of liquid IVs and PD pops. Oh my God. And the kinky pinkies. Mm-hmm. So, so there's our, that, that was, that was all an ad for kinky pink. Get yours at your, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, we are not advocates. No. <laughs> we are not drink, accomplice, yeah, accomplices. Please, please drink responsibly. So that, that's what we've been doing for the past two weekends. Hopefully I'm not going to do that again for a while. We're sticking to our normal alcohol beverages this weekend. But yeah, that was, that it was, was a, a shit show. It was a good time. Next time Ben's here, we should make him drink. Yeah, we should. We should get because he was taking shots of it. Because he's like, "Oh, it's not that bad. It's like this or whatever." We can't tell him though because he's had a shot of it. You can't tell him that you're putting it in the drink. You just have. Yeah, to there's it something to about the float. Yeah, of it mixing with other alcohol that just- drinking it on its own. It's it's a different story. I don't even know where that's at. It's almost like a four loco. It's almost like fucking ecstasy or something. It's, it's uh, crazy. It's like if Four Loco and Codeine and Ecstasy had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good, y'all. But but know, we we recommend a good time. If you've had a hard week, that might be that might be the ticket out. Uh, God bless it. Okay, but this will not be that. Well, I don't know. Mine's not a hard week. I had a great week with my side of it. You had a great week. Yours Mine's- got deeper. It's got deeper, but it's not, um, you know, it's not like the worst dead raped children mm-hmm. bad, you know, there, um, there's no pits that I know of. There are no pits in this one, baby. Um, so this week we are doing in celebration of St. Patty's Day, even though we are a few days late, we are doing the murder of Kitty Genovese and it has nothing to do with her murder, but we're doing the Boondock Saints because they reference it. Boondock Saints is. Our favorite movie, top three. Yeah. Yep. Top three might be my number one. I'm not sure. I have you to thank for it. Put I, that. My, there I you never go. even would have watched it had it not been for you. And of course, because I married you, my husband also one of his top movies of all time. Being be married, the male version of me. Mm-hmm. It's our inside joke. Um, so if it's yeah. not Leprechaun and Boondock Saints, like I'm going to have to pick Boondock Saints as my movie to watch every St. Patty's, Patty's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, I am such an old school Boondock Saints fan. I had it on something called a VHS children. Still Ever do. heard of it? Mm-hmm. I got VHS and DVD, not Blu-ray. <laughs> no, I know. I got the DVD of it too, not the Blu-ray. Yeah. Just good old DVD. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we love Boondock Saints. We wanted to do Boondock Saints for St. Patty's Day. Of course, it's not based on anything. But, but we made ever, it work. If, we've ever, if you've ever seen the movie, the opening 
monologue mm-hmm. scene of the movie is them at church and the priest is telling the story to his congregation of Kitty Genovese. And that's pretty synonymous with her and her case. Her case became a much bigger thing than mm, than what it really should have been. And there's a couple of factors to that. Okay. Um, she's become kind of the poster child for the, um, what do you call it? The bystander effect, okay. right? The bystander uh-huh. effect, which means the more people that are witnessing something, the less likely people are to step up and help yeah because they just assume that somebody else is gonna go first or you know do whatever interesting so she becomes the poster child for the bystander effect she becomes the poster child for this idea of like city life turning people you know like cold and heartless and the death of the suburban neighborhood and the good old days and blah 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 right right so her death become like kind of pushes that narrative and I'll get into why that shouldn't be the case, even though that's what ended up happening. So we're going to do a cheers real quick. Mm -hmm. How about this? Drinking game. Cheers is always on the table. If you hear us cheers, obviously take a drink with us. Um, Hmm. Anytime one of us says fuck, you have to take a drink. Which is amazing because that's a fun fact of mine for later. So there I you go. Mm-hmm. I must have my ESPN acting up. Of course. And then this is the special one because this doesn't happen very often. If you paid attention, our Valentine's Day episode when I busted out the rules, the official rules to our game. Anytime we're not in the pod shed, you have to do like a beer bong, like a beer bong or a shotgun or a chug. Mm -hmm. And we are not in the pod shed. We are in my bedroom. So drink up, bitches. Cheers. Glug, glug. Cheers to Kinky Pinky. Mm -hmm. Cheers to the Boondock Saints. Cheers to, listen, cheers to Kitty because she would definitely cheers with us. She was a badass bitch. Was her name actually Kitty? Well, I will get to that, Bailey, okay. if you will. I know. Please do. Listen I just, to my tale. Here. I love Kitty. It's a great name. Mm-hmm. So early 60s, early 1960s, New York City. There's a lot going on. We're in the middle of the civil rights movement, right? New York City is getting more and more violent, uh, there's hippies are threatening to destroy the American family. Hippies. Right? Oh well, I'm just saying, goodness. like, what's happening in the 60s? There's, yeah, like, no, a lot of shit sure. happening. Yeah. Women are getting more and more empowered. Absolutely. Like, the women empowerment mm-hmm. movement. And in the middle of all this hustle and bustle and, like, new age stuff, Kitty Genovese is thriving. Get it, girl. She's born Catherine Susan Genovese. AKA Kitty. That's what we'll call her from the rest of this episode. She is bringing back a ongoing, possibly the earliest theme to our podcast, which is what be that she's a badass big sister, badass big sister. Mm -hmm. She's the eldest of five. Um, Her parents, her family are strict Italian American Catholics, pretty conservative. She's outgoing. She's popular. She's, Funny and fantastic, great, bubbly. Her siblings adore her. They absolutely worship the ground she walks on. Love that. In fact, her little brother, I didn't write down his name. I'll look it up when B's talking because I want to give him credit. But he actually comes out with a 2015 documentary called The Witness, which I did watch when it first came out. It came out like on Netflix. Cool. And it's a whole documentary about his sister's death. 
Um, and he actually ended up learning a lot of stuff about his sister and about the case that he didn't know because his family was a little <laughs> on the kind of conservative side. Some stuff got downplayed for him and his siblings. Okay. Um, so there was all kinds of stuff that he learned. And it's a great documentary if you guys want to watch it. But so, yeah, he just basically he worshipped his older sister. Right. She's the coolest. So in 1954, New York City is getting too violent for Kitty's family. So the parents move their family to Connecticut. But Kitty, who just finished high school, stays. She stays with her grandparents. And she actually, one of the reasons she stays is to get married. But that marriage is annulled within the first year. So she's kind of working odd jobs. And then she discovers bartending, which she takes to. Oh, shit, B. Hold on, I don't I won't even pause. We're leaving that in. Uh quick side note, guys. Bailey gave me as a is that a Christmas present? It, yes, it was a re-gifted, re-gifted Christmas present. As a re-gifted Christmas present, B got me the clapper for my bedroom, which sounds lame, but I asked her for it because she was gonna give it as a joke gift. And I was like, a joke gift? Uh can I get that as a real gift? So she gave it to me, and I do love it because <laughs> I'm so lazy at night when I'm sleeping or if I'm Who trying to read to turn off a light. I yeah. use the clapper all the time to turn my lights off. But the problem is, is it's a product from the early 90s. So it goes off at any like random noise. If we cough too hard, <laughs> it'll fucking go off. But yeah, this bottle of wine's really killing it. Every time B puts the bottle of wine on my nightstand, the lights go off. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, Kitty just drink got- to that. <laughs> Anytime the lights go. There off. you go. Anytime you hear us go, oh, shit, because the lights went off. Take a drink. Anywho, back um, to Kitty. Kitty discovers bartending. And like us, she loves it. Mm -hmm. She makes a killer bartender. Of course she does. Uh, She's young. She's confident. She's flirty. The patrons love her. Mm -hmm. She even ends up getting arrested for bookmaking Mm. because she's a badass bitch. Mm -hmm. So when you look up Kitty Genovese, the picture you see, the black and white picture that comes up with her is her mugshot. And she's got this cool, short, like shag hairdo and kind of like a fuck you expression on her face. Love it. She's the best. So she has her own apartment. She drives a red Fiat convertible. She is living her life. She's also gay. Wow. I didn't see that coming. Yep. So that probably explains the annulled marriage. Interesting. So she meets um, her girlfriend, Mary Ann, in 1963 at a girl's bar, which is what they called it back then Uh at a a gay bar. Yeah. Um, There's a really cute story about how she like gets her to call her and I didn't write it down but you guys should google it it's really really sweet their little love story it's really good Cute. kitty I'll give you a little hint kitty's got game yeah, girl I bet, I bet. she's got game she's got her and so they're roommates of mm, course yes. living together sharing an apartment and that's you know like her family has met Marianne many occasions but it's kitty's roommate right right yeah um so <clears throat> That's like that movie we watched during Christmas where she took her girlfriend home for Christmas. Exactly. Yeah, but With we're roommates. Kristen Stewart yes. and uh, mm-hmm. whoever else. Uh, yes. Just like that. Um, but, you know, Kitty's living her life. She's to do this in the 60s. By the way, at this point, being gay is like outlawed in New York City. Uh huh. So for her to be doing this is so ballsy. There is um, one of the bars... It's either one of the bars that Kitty works at or or maybe the girl's bar where she met her girlfriend. The bar manager 
gets beaten up like one night leaving the bar just gets jumped and gets the shit beaten out of her and i would assume it's because she's gay yeah and that's just the thing police are super they crack down on gay people there's all these like crazy stories of like how bad police officers would like go undercover to try to lure in gay especially gay men right right? to like then arrest them Mm -hmm. for just being gay for like soliciting whatever it's just it's a it's a rough time to be gay probably anywhere in the country but even where kitty is new york city you think new york city would be so open-minded it's not in the 60s um so and this is before the stonewall riots which I don't think I don't know if you know anything about we'll probably do it one day because I Ooh. think they do have a movie based on You're it. You're going to make me learn things. Wow. Yeah. That's what I try to do every time. <laughs> so the point is for Kitty to be doing this is she's ballsy. She's yeah. a ballsy bitch. Yeah. Right. She's got confidence. She's got big dick energy. She's got very big dick energy. Mm-hmm. It's true. I love it. Love that for Miss Kitty. Yeah. So <laughs> we would definitely be friends with Kitty. Of course. So March 13th, 1964. Kitty gets home from work around 3.15 a.m. She parks her car in a parking lot about 100 feet away from her apartment entrance, apartment building entrance, because, you know, it's New York City. There's no parking on the street usually. Yeah. yeah. So she parks at like a train station and goes to walk to her apartment when a man named Winston Mosley follows her. He very visibly has a hunting knife in his hand and she's walking like, so there's like the there's the rail there's the train station and then like an alleyway and then you like go through the alleyway to get to the front door of her apartment complex okay there's also a back door to her apartment complex in the alleyway but she sees winston and she just starts running because he's a why wouldn't you sketchy dude with a hunting knife in his hand at three in the morning yeah so she runs to the front door of the apartment complex um where winston chases her and he overtakes her he stabs her twice in the back several neighbors hear her scream for help but nothing happens nobody really responds to it one does yell out his window for like like ah knock it off or you know whatever something something to that or like Mm -hmm. leave her alone it's something like that okay um and that that scares winston off enough that he runs away okay kitty now staggers Around the building to the back door, right? The door is locked. Oh, my God. She's obviously injured. She's out of it. I don't know if there's a key to that back door. It might be one of those ones where you have to be let in. Yeah. I'm not sh- I'm not sure the door situation. Okay. She could just be in shock. Obviously. Right? So she makes it to the back door. It's locked. She can't get in. Ten minutes later, Winston comes back, <gasps> starts searching everywhere for her, finds her in the alleyway where he continues to stab her several times, what? rapes her, robs her of her $49, and runs away. So this attack altogether lasts about 30 minutes, but it's now happened like two separate times, right. two no, separate locations. Um kitty's hands show markings that she did try to fight him off so her hands are probably all cut up because she's not going out like that she's gonna try to fight right she's found by her very close friend and neighbor sophia ferrara um and she basically calls out for help and then she holds kitty in her arms until the ambulance gets there where was sophia earlier 
I don't know. I, I think I honestly don't know. I'm sure there's an answer. Yeah. And I didn't read it or listen about it or I, it escaped me. Right. I don't know where Sophia was. She is in that movie, The Witness. Okay. I do remember that because um, Kitty's family, at least Kitty's brother, didn't know that somebody was with Kitty until the ambulance got there. And yeah. so the knowledge that Sophia was there and was holding her. It's comforting. was to know. very yeah. comforting okay. that she was not alone in that alleyway. Of course. So the ambulance comes and Kitty dies en route to the hospital. She's buried March 16th, 1964 in Connecticut. So 7 a.m. So this all happens between what? 3.15 and 4 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Seven o'clock in the morning the next day, police have already dragged in her roommate, Marianne, where they inter- interrogate her for six hours. Oh, my God. Because that's what they do. They crack down hard on gay people in New York City in the 60s. If they think that you're gay, they're coming after you. So she's their first suspect. Um, Clearly makes perfect sense. But then on March 19th, six days after the stabbing, Winston Mosley is arrested for robbery. There's like an there's a certain irony about the fact that this like man held him until police got there. Like he thought that Winston had stolen a TV and it was in the car. And instead of just letting him go, we're not doing anything about it. The man like held Winston behind until the cops got there. Okay. So there's like kind of an irony in that of. You know, he got away with the with the crime against Kitty because nobody did anything. And now, this and now he's busted above, yeah. because this dude is stepping up mm-hmm. and doing something about it. Right. So he's arrested um, and they the police recall that a white car had been reported as seen, you know, at the scene of Kitty's murder. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So they question him. Winston admits to the murder of Kitty and two other women. Annie Mae Johnson, who had been shot and burned to death in her apartment a few weeks earlier. And sadly, 15-year-old Barbara Kralik, who had been killed in her parents' home the previous July. That's crazy. So he had already killed two women. He's got a string of robberies under his belt. Um, And then, of course, he killed Kitty. So this piece of shit, Winston, is 29 years old when he killed Kitty. He's married. He has oh children. My, no. He has a job. No. He is the no criminal record. He's the last person Stop. that you would suspect to do this shit, right? Um, Gross. He says that his motive for the attack was just simply, quote, to kill a woman, saying that he preferred to kill women because they were easier and didn't fight back. Right. Until he met fucking Kitty. Yes, that's right. So he saw Kitty drive, um, driving home from, by the way, she was out that late. Not that it matters, but she was closing down the bar. Yeah. She was a bar manager. She was closing it down. That's why she was driving around it. Makes sense. 2.30, 3 in the morning. Of course. So he saw her. And he just decided, oh, there's a woman. I'll go after her in the middle of the night. And of course, she fucking did everything she could to fight his ass off. That's right. Oh, my God. Gross. Winston is charged with the murder of Kitty, but not charged with the other two murders that he admitted to. Well, some. Well, he admitted it, though. That's what's weird. Sometimes a lot of times the prosecutors do that because they want a backup plan. Yeah. In case they are found innocent of one, they now have the two other murders that they can go after him for. 
But he admitted to all of them, so there's like really no case to be had. But I guess they also still need evidence to, what is it, corroborate? I mean, he admitted to everything and he gave details of the murder of Kitty that only he would know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, way to go, cops. Love that for you. (laughs) Good luck. Good luck. Well, it's not the cops' fault. It's the prosecutors' fault. The prosecutors. Fault. Fuck them all. No. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Calm down. Calm down. Um, they tried to plead insanity. Didn't really work. Plead insanity. The jury deliberated for seven hours before returning a guilty verdict mm. on June 11th. Um, on June 15th, he's sentenced to death for the murder of Kitty. When the jury foreman read the sentencing... Winston showed no emotion. Of course. You're a piece of shit. Yep. So let's see. Sorry, I'm reading through my notes real quick. See, this is what happens. Okay. So I don't want to go. Winston's interesting. And I don't want to spend more time on Winston than I did on Kitty. But Mm a couple of highlights here. March 18th, 1968. Winston escapes prison while being transported to a hospital. Um. Because Definitely worth noting. He had under he was going to get it like a minor surgery due to a self inflicted injury. So he pulled a oh yeah remember uh Clyde Burrow yeah. Barrow remember uh-huh. chopping off his, his own, own toe? foot or yeah whatever. having somebody cough his toes. Oh uh, listen to our Bonnie and Clyde episode if you want to know what we're talking about. So he escaped. He's escaped. He escaped and fled to a house where he stayed for three days. Um. There was nobody living in that house, but then the owners go to check on it and they find Winston there where he holds them hostage for more than an hour, <laughs> binding and gagging the husband, Matthew, while raping his wife, Mrs. Matthew. God. He takes the couple's car afterwards and flees where he breaks into another house and holds a woman and her daughter hostage for two hours. He releases them unharmed and then he surrenders to the police. What? So now he's given an additional... 15-year sentence, yeah. right? So in 1971, he participates in the Attica prison riot. It's just so he crazy. He just gets around, man. And he, I don't know. It's just a lot going on with Winston. Um, he, he goes to a, a parole. criminal. He goes to the parole hearing. And then he, so in 1984, he gets, he's up for a parole hearing. He goes to the parole hearing. He claims that he never intended to kill Kitty and that he considered her murder to be a mugging because, quote, people do kill people when they mug them sometimes. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. He's denied parole, in case you're wondering. Thank you. He still shows little emotion. And then eventually he fucking dies in prison. March 28th, 2016, at the age of 81. He served 52 years, making him one of the longest serving inmates in New York State, whatever, penitentiary. So that's Winston. That's who killed Kitty. Now, let's get to the other part of Kitty's case, because that's a pretty short case, right? Yeah. Two weeks after the murder, the New York Times runs this article, basically saying... 38 witnesses stand by and watch as a woman is murdered. And like, uh, that's not the headline. I am paraphrasing. But the point of the article was basically to say, look at these cold, heartless people. No one did. 38 people sat by and watched as this woman was basically slaughtered in the street. Right. right? 
And this is the story that you get in the Boondock Saints as yes, well. Correct. Right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's the whole line. So the 38 people. Let's start there. 38 people. At 3 o'clock in the morning. Thank you, Bailey. 38 people at 3 o'clock in the morning were just doing nothing. Just standing around waiting for something to happen, right? Fuck no. There are reports of people that heard a commotion or saw Kitty staggering around. But you have to remember, Kitty's death took place in two different places. Like all the same apartment building, but one's at the front, one's in the alleyway. Two different times because she gets attacked and then she staggers and then Winston comes back 10 minutes later. So you figure, what, 15 minutes in total or whatever? So the people who saw her out front aren't going to see her on the side. The people who saw her on the side aren't going to see her in the front. Also, there's a local bar like right downstairs from this apartment building. So they're used to commotion. These kind of noises. They're used to like drunk, dumb people screaming in the street. Of course. So... They don't even know if it's that serious of a thing that's happening. The people who do hear it. Also, the people who do hear it. There's a lot of things that go into this. One, Kitty's living in a pretty gay friendly neighborhood, which means it's not a cop friendly neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So like there's one witness who said that he heard something, but he quote unquote didn't want to get involved. And people kind of took that line and ran with it as like the heartless neighbor. But. It could just be that they didn't want to get the police involved because when the police got involved, gay people got beat up. Gay people got arrested. So the person who actually ended up calling for an ambulance for Kitty, it was a guy who had seen or heard something. He called his friend to ask what to do. And then I think she called like another party and had them call the police department. So that way I'm assuming the gay man didn't have to deal with the police. I'm, not 100% sure if he's gay. I'm just making an assumption. Of course, because think about how scary that would be for you. Super scary. Yeah. Also, this is three years before 911 was invented. Mm-hmm. And actually, Kitty's case is one of the main reasons 911 was invented. Amazing. So they can't just call a quick number and get emergency help. And have it you be have, like anonymous or, well, I guess it's not, but. Well, I know, but you got to call like a police station and yeah. talk to people mm-hmm. to get help out there, yeah. right? Another thing, and they bring this up in the documentary, The Witness, you have to remember, this is 1964. So actually, a lot of people who lived in that apartment building were Holocaust survivors. Oh, fuck. They're not going to say shit. They want, they have a real mistrust of authority, right? So there's like all of these factors that go into this very misleading headline, which they had no proof of the 38 people. That was an unfounded thing. Of course. They did it to sell papers. Um, the fact that Kitty was gay gets completely swept under the rug. Nobody talks about that, right? Just a woman being murdered in the middle of the night. Right. So um, they actually talked to the guy who wrote the article back then. They talked to him in The Witness. And he basically says, like, yeah, I had no... I wrote what I was supposed to write. Well, he just said, like... I had no basis for it because all the 38 people would sell more papers. Yeah. It like makes the story better of is what course. he said. So, you know, that whole story, the whole thing about her being the poster child for the bystander effect and all of that, it her murder was a big deal because an innocent, cool, fun person lost their life tragically. But this whole like thing it got blown up into of all these people standing around and watching her get murdered was never true. Yeah. So, 
There you go. That's the very sad case of the murder of Kitty Genovese. That's so interesting. May she rest in peace. Kitty, you are one of us. I just know we would be friends and we would love you. But some stupid piece of shit had to kill you in the 60s. And, you know, I really do forget just it wasn't that long ago, right? All this hate against the gay community and right the 60s and all that oh yeah i mean there's still a lot of hate out there but yeah not as much i guess Mm -hmm. or maybe they've just had to start hiding it more Mm -hmm. um yeah well well nonetheless i still had a great time with my side of the podcast i did i mean i don't like the part where kitty died but i loved Uh, because came of it the only thing i knew about kitty was the boondock saints and they totally sold me on the story yeah um were why wouldn't they right. yeah it, it it completely made sense what they were telling me of that's why we would need people like the boondock saints because just the idea of like what's worse the person doing the crime or all the people standing by and not doing anything mm-hmm. and to me well never mind i'm not gonna say anything but yeah i totally understood what they were saying but i liked learning about kitty and learning about what a badass she was absolutely how ahead of her time she was yeah totally cool okay so boondock saints 1999 that year blew my mind you thought it was longer than that i did Mm-hmm. i really did hey before you get into it should i cite my sources real quick oh i suppose so i read an article in the la times an article in the new york times of course there's always wikipedia and then i listened to an episode of a podcast called you're wrong about and I don't know if they always let me read it. I don't know if they always do true crime. Hmm. I don't think they always do true crime. I think they do all kinds of things. But it was a great podcast. I, I loved love the it. Name. Yeah. You're wrong about it's a very they're very much part of the LGBTQ plus community. Mm-hmm. I do not know if the hosts are gay or not. Um, Because I only listened to the one episode, but they are definitely part of that community and they are they speak up for that community. So it was actually very great and informative to hear from their point of view of Kitty's case and about how Kitty being gay affected the whole thing. I love that. Yeah, And they go into much better detail about that than I do. Um, So go listen to that episode. Their episode of Kitty Kitty Genovese is great. Love that. Mm -hmm. Super cool. Okay. So our movie opens in during mass in a Catholic church. The sermon mentions the death of Kitty almost 30 years prior. And they describe the poor woman crying out for help. No one to answer her call. As the priest continues a story of Kitty, we see two men who we assume to be brothers approach the altar and kiss the feet of the crucifix. As they walk out of the church, the priest recounts how Kitty was stabbed to death, noting how witnesses did nothing to help her as she was being killed on the street. And they all watched as the assailants, plural, walked away. And I'll quote, We must all fear evil men, but there is another kind of evil which we must fear most, and that is the indifference of good men. Ooh, that is such a strong quote. And that's such a strong opening. 
It's so good. Right. And we just see these boys that we don't know are these men just walk out of this fucking church. These and we're just fine like, men. Oh, girl, don't even get these me started. fine men. But you know what? That is such a relevant quote. Even today with like like sexual assault really coming to the forefront and women really telling their stories. Yes. And that is something of like you know of course be fearful of these piece of shit scumbag men who have terrible intentions but also what about the men who say they're good men but won't stand up to their yeah, friends you can say anything you want yeah be that man yeah be that don't person. talk the talk walk the walk yeah defend your friends who are girls tell your fucking scumbag dude frat friends to shut the fuck up yeah. and not fucking date rape people absolutely so as they walk outside of this church, they seem somewhat satisfied. Like, finally, they're getting the right point across. Yeah. Right? They're very happy with themselves. Quick question. Yes. Real quick. Yes. When you first saw the movie, did you think they were both Irish? Yeah. Me too. I had no idea that they weren't Irish until The Walking Dead. Right. Literally, The Walking Dead with Norman Reedus was I like, oh, <laughs> he's not Irish. Yeah. But what about Sean... Patrick Flannery that's all I don't feel like he's Irish either he's probably of Irish descent that sounds pretty Flannery let's google it while you talk yeah because I was gonna say so in the movie right Irish American Connor and Murphy McManus played by Sean Patrick Flannery and Norman Reedus work at a local meatpacking plant in Boston and they're the cutest fucking hoodlums ever right like they beat the shit out of each other with raw meat that's the best they crack everybody up they're these wise guys they're the best and they after work they're celebrating patty's day at a neighborhood bar where we meet david de la rocco Mm -hmm. and he is like the runner boy for the boston italian mafia yep okay he's real low man on the totem pole very much so. and by the way i still quote the bartender's jokes to this day the bartender is my favorite i tell i tell it to my kids all the time i go make like a tree and get the fuck out of here (laughs) because he suffers like he's he has Tourette's. yeah right so that's yeah by the way sean patrick flannery is an american actor so he is also you wow not mind blown fucking talk about us catfishing or whatever they're irish fishing how dare you you know how much us american girls like that shit uh anyways so this poor bar owner is notifying the boys that he's basically having to shut down the bar because of the russian mob right and on cue these russians walk in and are basically giving their eviction notice like it's time to go boys pack up big guys the most russian mafia looking guys in the world but it's patty's day hey and our boy's been drinking whiskey and they're fucking ready and it's a brawl or so we assume we don't get to see shit yeah we don't see a fucking thing because it cuts to the next day and we have two dead russians in an alley yep with should have won an oscar do you agree? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're giving Oscars out to just anybody and they don't give one to William Defoe for this fucking performance. Are we out of wine? I need ice. Oh. Anyways. Well, almost, yeah. William Defoe's His performance is a masterpiece. The, oh, my God. Okay. Right. So he rolls up. He is Agent Paul Smecker. 
smicker. And immediately he's just mocking the NYPD of their failed attempts to even put the pieces of the crime scene together, especially this one guy. This one guy gets fucking dragged it's the best. through the whole movie. It's the best. It's the, it's, it's the best. Yeah, it's the All the coffee orders and yeah. bagel orders. And then remember, but he actually has the like defining moment where he's right. Correct. And Smeckers ignores him. Yes, That's later completely, on. Completely, Here's the problem yeah. with this week's episode, guys. This is the first time we're like, I know Halloween really well and Friday the 13th and but stuff. But this is really you. I know this shit inside and out. So mm-hmm. it's hard for me to just listen to Bailey and not join And in. that's why it's going to be a lot of fun for me. And I hope that you do. Real quick, I will say before I forget, I do like, I know that this wasn't intentional unless, uh, is it Troy Duffy? Is that big of a genius that it was intentional? I like how much I just talked about how hard it was to be a gay person in New York dealing with, NYPD at least in the 60s and then there's a whole nother layer to this movie where the like hot shot is the FBI mm-hmm. detective is a gay man Correct. and he is just shitting on these NYPD officers absolutely isn't that funny yes there's like an irony there a hundred percent I love it so Smecker pops in his the earbuds of his portable disc man what a time right. what a time and fucking dances like prances us to like opera mm-hmm. through what really went down or at least in his opinion right he's like this is no gang assassination this is personal this is creative and so we see the owner of the bar mentioned earlier picking up our brothers from like a catholic church right like it's full of nuns no they're at a hospital b okay but it's like a catholic hospital, hospital. Yeah. yes yeah but they're in the hospital because they needed medical treatment correct no, but yeah there's yeah. nuns because it's like whatever yeah exactly boston irish catholic mm-hmm. hospital yeah it's very religious but yes they're being picked up robes covered in blood and he informs the boys that the fbi is on to them and they're like fine fuck it like we didn't do anything wrong self-defense baby take us in right we don't give a fuck neither has a record Everyone in the neighborhood that's been questioned will stand up for the boys. Yep. They're fucking angels. They're the saints. Yeah. Of the neighborhood. They're the saints of my heart. And Smegger, eh, initially, not so convinced. Right? But. He has an open mind. He does. But as one officer is telling Smegger, the real stupid officer, like, oh, you're never going to find these boys. Obviously, they stumble in. They wa- Oh, yeah. He's talking about how, like, you'll never find them. Mm-hmm. They'll be hiding. And he says, like, some real They're bad... miles away. Well, and he, like, uses some Irish, like, uh, not profanity, but, like, uh, it's not racial. Um, what's the word? What's the word when you're being, like, inappropriate? <sighs> we should know it of all people prejudice he's doing like he's uh, making some real like irish prejudice yeah, jokes yeah, yeah, right yeah, like yeah. some very uncouth jokes yes and then they waltz in you can't come up with prejudice but we'll just throw uncouth out there <laughs> like it's a f- i just want to slap you in the face with my dick right now uh, i can't anyways <laughs> they saunter in oh very casually like hello gentlemen yeah. And so Smucker's doing his investigation and he's impressed right off the bat. These boys are fucking smart. The languages they know. They know like a hundred languages. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Another thing, so sexy. The way they just fucking flaunt. Oh my god! Let's just do a little French. Let's just do a little Italian. Just, just flick my some with the tongue. Whatever. Irish, right? Oh my god! Yeah, they go into like a few different languages. Yes. And so basically, Smucker's like, "All right, I agree with you. It was self-defense." Okay. So the boys decide to spend the night in jail to avoid the press. They don't want to talk to anybody. Now, wait, but you're forget. Did they already walk him through what happened? Yes. Okay. Okay. I was just going to, I'm not trying to like ruin the movie for people. But oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't know. I thought that's what happened next. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, so he, they do. They walk him through the whole thing. The brawl at the bar carrying over into the next morning. The Russians show up. Um, basically, one gets like a toilet to the face. It's the best. <laughs> It's a great thing. Watch the movie. Now, hold on, B. Yes. Have you ever watched the director's cut of Boondock Saints? I don't know. Okay. That so. like a real question. Why before, are you asking me? Well, because you would remember if you saw this. So before the Russians break into their apartment, right? Because they're all like hungover. They're taking showers and stuff, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. They're on a phone call with their ma'am. With their, I think, what do they say in Ireland? Ma? Oh, no, I do not remember this. Okay, so this is the director's cut. So they're on a phone call with a ma. You learn that they're not just brothers, they're twins. They're fraternal Mm. twins. And she's like a real rough and rowdy lady. She's in Ireland. She's making her Patty's Day dinner, right? And um, they're naked because they were showering. So I believe you see some some dick. Oh, You definitely see some ass. But I feel like you see dick. And then they're talking to their mom. And I kind feel of, like I've been deprived my whole life. We'll YouTube it in a minute. So they're talking to their mom. They're kind of like arguing back and forth or whatever. And then at the end, before they ha- before they hang up, they're like, mom, you have to tell us. Oh, and by the way, this is also when she um, she tells them more about their dad. Because remember, the dad's kind of a oh, mystery. Yeah. So the, maybe that's why they cut it out. The mom tells them some stuff about their dad. Okay. And then they kind of go back and forth. And then at the end, they go, Mom, you have to tell us which one of us is older. Which one was born first? Who's the oldest? And she goes, the one with the biggest cock. And then hangs up. Oh, shit. And then they're kind of like pushing each other around. And then the Russians break in. No. Oh, that's amazing. So we'll have to YouTube that uh, extended scene. Look at this, guys. See, I talk about learning shit. (laughs) (laughs) Learned all about the Boondock Saints extended version. Amazing. All right. So the boys decide to spend the night in jail to avoid the press. And there in the cell, they have like this fucking moment, like this revelation. The water pours down from the ceiling. It's so cheesy. They have, they like shoot up, whatever. And they're going to rid Boston of all of its evil. And so they've got this pager that they got off of one of the Russians, all of their weapons. A pager. Yes. (laughs) So they use the pager to find out the next location that the guys were supposed to be at. They trade in all their weapons for upgrades of their own weapons. That's a great scene. Right. They're fucking strapped. They're ready. And their first hit. They're Charlie Bronson rope. Ooh, this hotel suite. Mm-hmm. So we're watching them go up in this elevator with elevator music and they're fucking with each other and they're the cutest things ever. Oh my God. They're the cutest. I just want to eat them. I know. And once Literally. again, we don't get to see shit, right? We get to see Smacker who's just 
had himself a great night with a gentleman. Yes. Getting the call that there are nine bodies in a hotel room, arms crossed, and pennies placed on their eyes. And from the evidence of the scene, Smecker determines that they're, the killers are religious of similar build. They're mob affiliated because at this point in time, the Italian mob is pissed that the Russian mob is stepping in on their territory. And so far, the only people that have died have been Russian mafia. Correct. So they assume it's the Italian mob hitting the Russians. Absolutely. So when we jump back, we do get to see our boys fall through a fucking air duct. Because they were fighting. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they were lost, weren't they? Yes. In the air duct, <laughs> trying to find this suite. And they got tangled in the Charlie Bronson rope. Yes. And then they fall through the ceiling. And thank God they're tangled up in the Charlie Bronson rope. Because. because it's genius. It's, and it saved their lives. They would have abs- just fallen in onto the floor otherwise. Now they're hanging upside down. Uh, and the Russians are so shocked that they literally, like, they're stunned enough that they don't even have time to get their guns. Also, what's the rope anchored on? What's stopping them from falling to the floor? Who cares? (laughs) I know. So now they're hanging upside down. They pull out their guns. They each have two. Yes. We spin around, do the loop. Kill everybody. The loop diddy loop, except for the main guy, because that's got to be super dramatic. Of course. Right. That would do the double tap. That's got to be just epic. All time. Double tap through the eyes. Different angles. After a nice little Catholic prayer. Of course. So, again, we're assuming that this is all, like, just a mob thing gone wrong. But we've got our boys ready to leave, and the doorbell rings. (gasps) Who's at the door? (gasps) Is it the bellhop? It is. It's the bellboy, Rocco. Rocco with his little pea shooter. Right. A six shooter. A six shooter against, what was it, nine? Nine. Mafias. Yeah. Bosses. Right? Not just anybody right and so the boys are obviously gonna fuck with him it's the best it really is (laughs) but at the same time they also try to convince him like bro you just got set up they do not care about you Rocco yeah they they sent you here to die obviously six bullets are you fucking kidding me yeah all by yourself like the only reason we're alive is because we're fucking dumbasses. <laughs> they also find is this and they also end up finding a shit ton of money correct mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they find stacks so once they finally convince rock of their plan what they're doing he's like okay fine we gotta go for the underboss of the italian mob played by i don't know his name ron jeremy Oh, yeah. Sorry. I was thinking of the actual, I like, know, the Mafia mob, Don. Yeah, Papa Joe. Or- yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, of course. Ron Jeremy, Ron- that sleazeball. Mm-hmm. And he's not a sleazeball because he did porn. He's a sleazeball because I believe he raped a bunch of women. And I love that the lady that's doing all the news reports that, that she described the strip club, the sin bin, as an adult entertainment parlor. Hey. I'm like, that's so classy. Also, I have never seen a place, like, where they went. Do we just not have them in California? So remember when Nick and I went to Canada, the woman at the strip club was very specific about like, okay, where are you from? And we're like America. And she's like, oh, so you need to know, like, you do not touch us here. 
I know, but I'm talking about no with the windows. Like windows exactly. So that's what I'm saying. I do. I think it's like a state thing, a cultural thing. I don't even know because different countries, different states. I think you oh. literally have to be separated from them to make it legal Whoa. to allow them to do it. All right, right, because they're allowed to whip their dick out and jack off in these places uh. so they've got to have like they can't touch her they can't be able to do anything okay to- that makes sense mm-hmm. although i feel like if i was a i've had a lot of experience <laughs> yeah i know me too but i just i feel like if i was a stripper i'd rather be on a stage than i understand the glass is separating you but i don't want to watch a dude jack off they're allowing these men to get off i get it i don't want to see it yeah I would rather dance on stage where a bouncer is going to keep you from touching your dick. Maybe they can't see it. Right. Maybe on their on the girl. Ooh, What if it's double Mm -hmm. like that would actually be the best case scenario for the girl. She's just dancing. And then the guy on the best case scenario. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, isn't it double? They do talk about that, don't they? I don't fucking know. No, I do think they talk about the fact that it's a two way mirror. Okay. You're right. You actually, I do. I think. Yeah, because that's how he figures out like the like the shooting thing is all weird because it's a two way yeah. mirror. No, I think you're right. So there you go. Sorry, guys. That was a weird tangent. We just went on. We're really <laughs> ready to go back out into the real. All world. we want to do is go to a strip club, guys. Oh God, that damn it! <laughs> the lights went off again. So I cracked a truly. <laughs> Hold on, I can't see the nightstand. Okay, ready? And we're back on, baby. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So in the process, they get their guy, but they also kill two streak criminals who have zero connection to organized crime. So now Smecker's all fucked up. He's like, I can't throw this to the mob thing anymore. Yeah. It just it doesn't line up for me. So the word of our vigilantes gets out. The Italian mob boss, Papa Joe, he's concerned. So he decides to enlist the help of El Duce. Oh. An infamous contract killer to take these guys out. And it was made very clear. If you hire this man, you are responsible for this man. Because you are unleashing him on the world. You cannot stop him from getting his kill. Yes. Like, this is it. A little thing that I like about the movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know what prison he's actually like. What? Yeah. What prison uh-huh. they film is. Mm-hmm. But the prison that they say he's in looks like a Celtic cross. Oh, never put that together. Yeah. And when they do like the, the above uh-huh. shot of the prison, it looks like a Celtic cross. Never put that together. So I don't know if that's an actual prison in Massachusetts or if they just like found one and filmed it. But very cool. Anyways. So, one day, the boys are just finishing a job where they've literally killed a room full of, like, contract killers. Great scene. They kill somebody with a pool cue. Yeah. No, a pool. Is that a cue? No, a it's ball. A, a ball. That was ball. Mm-hmm. And they're walking out the front door very satisfied with themselves when they come face to face with El Duce. It's so good. It's amazing. So, again, we get it from Smecker's point of view first. And from Smecker, the way that it looks, the way that it appears. It was a fucking shootout to end all shootout. A six-man ambush. Yeah. Right? He's like, there's no possible way that it could have been any less than six 
people. Right. Right. When we know better. Mm-hmm. When we know that it's our three boys, the two brothers, Rocco, and then El Duce. So the four all together. And El Duce's strapped. He's got guns on guns on guns on guns. It's epic. He's got a cool vest that holds them all. It's so pimp. And so... And I believe he has a cigar in his mouth the oh, whole time. He's the most casual. <laughs> he might as well be wearing a robe. Yeah. Like, he should just be in bunny slippers with a face mask on. Amazing. The way that he's just fucking lighting these boys up, right? So they're fucked up, but they're alive. And they remember to do what to the blood. Okay, so Rocco loses a finger. Yep. Which is really important. But they remember to put ammonia on all of the blood. And they're shot up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The blood is worthless. But, of course, Smacker, being the pimp that he is, he finds the fucking finger. In all fairness. But he doesn't tell anybody he found the finger. And he finds the finger after having a complete mental breakdown. Mm -hmm. He throws a complete tantrum like a baby. He's sobbing. It's and then the he throws himself in the bushes. Mm-hmm. And then he finds the finger mm-hmm. and casually picks it up like, I'm fine. Nothing happened. I just love the fact that they're that shot up and they still have the wherewithal to spray the blood. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pretty impressive. And also, does El do So he just leaves? Okay, really quick. Did your husband happen to mention what your eldest was encouraging as pretend play this afternoon <laughs> yes yeah. yes and i asked him well what'd b say and he's all oh my god she was loving it oh, yeah. she was cracking are you up kidding i was throwing in my two yeah. cents I was- earlier today uh my oldest was leading um the rest of the kids which was my son his best friend b's daughter and was zoe out there she was but she was in the taco truck okay and not my youngest but anyway she was leading the other kids who are younger than her to dig holes in my side garden, which is just dirt and clovers, and pretend they're <laughs> they were building a trench. They were burying a body. Yeah. Uh, no, I was telling them that they needed to find a dead animal corpse yeah. to put on top. You got to put the <laughs> animal corpse on top, get some lye on that body. Yep. It was great. And Lou's like, if our neighbors could only hear us, I'm like, what neighbors? I'm like, the neighbors that totally know who we are and know exactly what we do. I'm like, yeah shocker or the neighbors who don't know who we are what are they going to do come dig up the yard there's not an actual dead body in there oh, it was it was a really good time oh my lord i don't even know where she got that from i love some good pretend play action <laughs> <laughs> okay so we've got the boys fucked up one missing a finger el duce who fucking knows living his life going to getting I know, a so did he just like walk away yeah, going to get a fucking starbies because mm-hmm. who knows right and um, Rocco is like, look, Smecker is next. He's getting too close. He's going to figure this shit out. And the brothers are like, no, we can't kill him because he's not a bad man. We don't kill innocent people. Yeah, he's not a bad guy. So I like how you glossed over the um, the way they treat their wounds. Well, and it was also the part with the. The dead cat. Oh, is that the other thing? Well, before the dead cat, they... They cauterized their wounds with... um, An iron. An iron. Oh, I hate that part so Mm -hmm. much. Yeah. And then they accidentally... They get real fucked up after that and they shoot the cat. Listen, they don't mean to shoot the cat. He like slams his fist on the table and it's an accident. Mm -hmm. 
Again, one of those, one of those things I like to just block out. Also, work. if you guys want to see the movie Chaos Walking, my husband and I saw it last weekend, and it is a good movie starring Tom Hiddleston and Daisy Ridley, I believe is her name, Ray from Star Wars. Good movie, original concept. There is two dead horses, two uh, horses die, right. and then Tom Hiddleston's best friend is this dog that some psychopath in the movie drowns in front of him, holds him under the water until the dog dies. Yeah. And then Tom Hiddleston has to live with that grief for multiple scenes. And it is I'm just going to pretend like that movie doesn't exist. It sounds like hot garbage. It but was so hard. I was having such a hard time with the dead horses. No. And then the fucking no. dog. How dare you spring a dog on me when you just killed two horses? That's why I just I like Westerns and shit. Like, no, the arrows to the horses and all that. I can't do it. I'm done. I tap out. No, thank Dude, you. Dude, the first dead horse. No. Tom Hiddleston's riding the horse and they're like going full speed. And he doesn't know a cliff is coming. And so they run off the cliff and you're with them. Them, like as they fall so like your stomach drops because you're falling down you hit the ground and you see the horse's leg break and you already know the horse has to die now because his fucking leg is broken so then poor tom hiddleston has to slit the throat of his horse if i could be in the fetal position right now i would <laughs> like i'm cringing i know I'm dying think I about how i felt why? seeing it i i didn't pay to see the fucking movie i didn't but now you have this. to suffer no, with me i don't know I know it would have been better if the horse died on impact, but no, poor Tom Hiddleston has to kill his horse because the horse can't walk. <laughs> there you go, guys. So that's my review of Chaos Walking. Enjoy. Okay, well, now I need to pick me up. So on that note, <laughs> fucking cunt, I made Nick watch his lip sync battle. Oh, yes. Which is fucking all time the greatest because violet's been super into like fashion shows lately and like needing her lady gaga videos and if it's not lady gaga it's typically rihanna and specifically umbrella that's like her as it should be jam mm -hmm. she fucking loves it and so i'm like just for fun i'm like violet me put this on for dad yeah and she loved it she's like of i want to see it again and he i mean it's everything Tom Hiddleston so. did an episode of Link Lip Sync Battle where he did Umbrella, but he dressed in full, full drag like, to do Rihanna it. should be shook. Like, yeah. he came for her. I'm sure she is. Yeah. It's the best. Right. So I'm just going to completely block out dead horses and picture him dancing in latex in the rain while I finish my story. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for taking me down that fucking rabbit Sorry. hole. Sorry. Oh, anywho's so, okay. So, Rocco knows that he's obviously lost his finger, right? It's, it's, <laughs> he it's, knows that he figured it out. Finally, it's, it's not going to be long that Smegger puts this shit together. But um, the brothers go to church, right? Obviously, and so Rocco drops them off at church. And he happens to see Smecker stumble out of this fucking gay bar, wasted. 
white girl wasted white girl wasted he's very frustrated at the case he doesn't know what's happening he's really struggling with his morals right oh because he's figured out that it's he, he knows the he's, mcmanus he brothers he took the finger yeah he right. knows mm-hmm. he's, so he's put it together because he mm-hmm. saw rocco rocco brought them their clothes and stuff yes. to the jail yes so then he scans rocco's finger that he found and mm-hmm. realizes oh shit that's the boys's buddy it's them, but he knows that they're good, intelligent, kind people and Correct. that they have a mission where they're killing bad people. So, you know, what side do you fall on? Correct. So when Smecker goes into the church to go into confessional, Rocco holds the priest hostage, basically. This is not going to fly with the McManus brothers. Well, no. So I forget. I think it's... um. Connor, I think Connor, which is Sean Patrick Flannery. Yes. He's the one that sees what's going down and he's like, bro, no. So he goes and then holds Rocco hostage. Yes. Like, you can't fuck with the priest, bro. We have a little human caterpillar situation happening. In yes. the con- this is in confessionals. Yes. So you all, have all the while Smecker is oblivious, like in the fetal position, drunk. wasted white girl crying about his issues. And you have Rocco telling the priest what to say. But then you have which one? Connor, Connor telling Rocco what to say. Correct. Yeah. And what it all comes down to is I really need to burp. Oh, God, I need to get through this without burping. Hold on. Just burp first. There you go. I can always edit it. So the laws of God are greater than the laws of man. And so he is the priest is telling Smacker that basically these boys are messengers from God. Wow. And that he needs to just let them be. Okay. So inspired. Fucking drunkly white girl inspired. By all this advice from the priest, not only does he keep their identity secret, he joins them. Hey, he's like, fuck it. Like, I know the judicial, like the system's corrupt and I can only do so so much on my end and whatever. Like, let's see what I can do with these boys. So they work together. The boys tell him that they're going to hit Papa Joe's house later that night but he finds out while investigating another shooting that Rocco had done yeah at a deli. Some random oh, diner fucking dummy yeah that catch you on the flip side everybody and their mom is gonna be at this house yeah and then it's a horrible idea right so he decides to go dressed up as a Lady of the night, a yes, sex worker, a sex worker. Mm-hmm. A, I mean, look, I know he gave it his best effort, but these guys are really acting like a hot piece walked up to the door. I know it's, it's very obviously yeah. William Defoe in a wig. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can't. But hey, listen, different strokes, different folks, baby. So Connor, Murphy and Rocco dummies get caught trying to break through the basement. Mm-hmm. They don't make it far. Nope. Papa Joe executes Rocco in front of the boys. They're all tied to chairs. Correct. To intimidate them. Yeah. But he also decides to leave the two brothers alone locked up. It's a bad idea. Fucking dummy. 
He's probably underestimating right them. Right fucking dummy. You're talking about guys. Oh, well, he probably doesn't know about the Russian hit. I'm like, talking about guys who ripped a toilet out of the wall and dumped it, what, three stories that, onto somebody's head? Now that you say that, too, he hired El Duce. Yeah, but he doesn't know anything. No, to kill Rocco. He thought Rocco was the problem the whole time. He didn't hire him to kill the boy. <sighs> Just goes brother. to show what a dumb dumb that guy is. So... Our boys are left alone in this fucking basement. Just right. saw their best friend get shot. Mm-hmm. And our mob boss, Papa Joe, is like, well, you guys got to fucking clean up this mess to his boys, right? Yeah. Not only that, we still have El Duce that we hired, and now I just killed his man. Oh, shit. So he's going to still be out for blood. He's going to kill somebody and it's not going to be me. Oh, that's right. Uh, Papa Joe is very concerned about the El Duce situation. Yeah. I didn't I'm, say that right, but. Yeah, because he hired the man. So it's like. He's on the loose. Mm-hmm, and now I just killed his wild turkey or whatever, you know, and it's like, all right, well, yeah. he's going to have something to kill and it's not going to be fucking me. Right. So he bounces. He leaves all of his fucking minions to clean up the mess. And it's the minions that fall for fucking Defoe. One of whom goes upstairs to try to get his grind on and gets popped. And so um, when Smacker goes back downstairs, all the other guys are already taken out Mm -hmm. because El Duce is there. Bump, bump, bump. He kindly knocks Smacker on the back of the head, does not kill him. Which is a good person. I mean, it's El Duce. I mean, he's killed everybody else. Yeah, but who has he killed? He killed the cops. He tried to kill the boys because they were hmm. there with Rocco. I figure, like, he's literally, like, he's a killer. Does he think El- Does he think Smeckers is a woman? Maybe. That could absolutely be it. Because they don't kill women and children, okay. regardless. Yes. So maybe he's, does he see Smecker from the back? He does. I believe he does. So he probably thinks that That's a William Defoe's a woman. Okay. That's a real good point. Because I was always like, like, why did he let him live? But anyway, so knocks him out. And then goes down to the basement where the two boys have managed to break free of their cuffs. They like mm-hmm. break through the chairs or whatever. And they are putting pennies on Rocco's eyes. Which is an ongoing theme. Mm-hmm. They put pennies on the eyes of all of their victims. Right. And we see El Duce like creeping around the corner. And he's like very casual, the whole thing. And it's when he hears the boys giving their prayer. And if it's on YouTube, I'm going to go ahead and say it's safe enough that we could play it. This is the prayer that they say um, before. They usually say it before they kill somebody. But because Rocco's already dead, they say it after he's dead and they put the pennies on his eyes. It's kind of like the the reoccurring theme here. Right. That's the one. That's it. Gives me chills every time. <laughs> Rocco. And we're not so even religious. Badly wanted to learn it. And they're like, no, it's a family prayer. 
It's a family prayer. And it just so happens El Duce knows the fucking prayer. Oh my God. I wonder why. So, I mean, clearly the editor's cut goes way deeper in and pulls that all together because it's not so clear in the. A little bit. I mean, they don't go that far into it. I just meant the mom. I can't remember. It's been a long time since I've seen it. But the mom definitely says something about their dad. Yeah. Their da. Right. And then we jump three months later. Papa Joe is on trial for the ordered killing of at least 17 men. Mm-hmm. Reporters on the scene are anticipating an acquittal because of all of his connections. Yep. Right? Like, oh, big surprise. And he's even being like in the courtroom. He's even oh, being he's like a piece of as shit. Fuck. He's, he's smiling and winking at people. Smug. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. So cue our boys with their newest member. And note that they walk into the courthouse, they have bags of guns, and the cops just let them, like, go. Assisted. Yeah. They, yeah. like, let them, basically, they toss their bags of guns up and over the metal detectors. No one's stopping and them. And the cops are like, all right, mm-hmm. good luck, boys. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Interrupting the trial, they take the boss off the stand, publicly declare their mission to destroy evil. They recite their prayer one last time before killing Papa Joe, shots to the back of the head. And the movie ends with various interviews. On the news. Right. Basically, good versus evil. What do you think about the saints? And, and it's all, very back and forth. Oh, I was going to say, I feel like almost all of them are, are pro-saints. No. But yeah, some of them, you're right. It was very back and forth. I'm just so pro-saints. That's obviously, what I remember. Obviously. Mm-mm. Modern day superheroes. Yeah. So. Love it. My fun fact. Okay. Hit me. The word fuck. Yes. And its derivatives are used a total of. Want to guess? Give me an over under. Um, I don't know how to do over under. I'm going to do ballpark 75 times. 246 (laughs) times. Oh, my God. The movie's only an hour and 45 minutes. (laughs) It's like. So is it more than the Big Lebowski? Oh, because for the longest time, I remember my grandpa told me this, that the big Lebowski held the record for the most amount of fucks in a movie. Maybe. OK, so like a fuck and fuck derivatives. OK, well, I feel like because yeah. that's what fucking fucker. Exactly. Uh huh. I'm going to look at most fucks in a movie. Mm-hmm. How great. So that was it. That's our Patty's Day special. I think it's so fitting. It's our favorite movie. How think, many how many knives do you give it? Oh, I give it a five. A five. For being a movie. For being everything. I mean, I, it just mentions the story of Kitty because without it, I wouldn't know the story of Kitty. We mm-hmm. wouldn't be here doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. It was literally us sitting on the couch after Patty's Day just being like, hmm. I wonder what we could do. It's like, obviously, the leprechaun's not a real fucking movie. I looked it up, though. I thought maybe. All right. We tried, and we came up with, like, potato stuff, and it's like, no. And it's like, could we make the Boondock Saints work? And it's like, yeah, we can fucking make the Boondock Saints work. Wait, Kitty Genovese. Absolutely. Whoa, these people have way more fucks than Boondock Saints. Do you want me to read off the list? Yeah. This is according to Cinemaholic. Okay. Dot com. I don't know how much weight you want to give cinemaholic.com. I don't know yeah. 
how legit they are, but here's their list. Number 10, Twin Tower, 1997, Fuck Count, 318. Damn. End of Watch, 2012, which I have seen. That's with my baby, Jake Gyllenhaal and Michael Pena. Their Fuck Count, 326. Alpha Dog, which we will be doing on this podcast, Mm -hmm. possibly next. Fuck Count is 367. Okay. Straight out of Compton. Great movie. Amazing. I'm obsessed with Ice Cube's son. So good. So handsome. So good. He has a great movie. And I don't know where to find it or where it's at or who who's in it. Where it's at. I believe it's him and Audrey Plaza. Oh, my God. What more do I need? Audrey Plaza plays this girl who gets obsessed with like an influencer. Yes. And she like, it's a very good movie. And me and my husband were locked in because I'm obsessed with Ice Cube Jr. Yeah, Ice Cube Jr. And he's he's obsessed with Audrey Plaza. Plaza. Yeah, I know. Oh, is it Aubrey? Do I keep saying Audrey? Aubrey. I'm so sorry. I apologize. Aubrey Plaza, you are our queen. Anyways, um, Straight Outta Compton, 392 fuck count. Okay. Casino. Fuck count, 422. It seemed like so much. Nil by mouth. Fuck count, 428. Don't know what movie that is. <gasps> Summer of Sam. Oh. We've done this for this podcast. Yeah. Fuck count, 435. 435. But these are also much longer movies than the Boondock Saints. Yeah. These are hours long. Yeah. So... Of course, they're going to have more fucks. Like, think about if the Boondock Saints was two and a half hours long. Right. Their fuck count would also be, whatever, 526. True. Wolf of Wall Street, fuck count 569. Okay. There's a movie called Fuck that came out in 2005. <laughs> well, fuck count is 857. 857? <laughs> oh, my God. Are there any And the other- number one fuck it's movie. Big Lebowski. Swearnet. The movie, fuck count, 9.35. So Big Lebowski is not even on the list. Neither is Boondock Saints. Right. Wow. Okay. Apparently, swearing at the movie, 2014, people aware of the Canadian mockumentary series Trailer Park Boys. Oh, sorry. Mm. I was going into a whole thing. I love Trailer Park Boys. Well, they're saying that you would also like this. Yeah, of course. Um. Yeah. Wow. It's. I can't even read it because the... The like caption describing it is so inappropriate that I can't even yeah. re- read the description yeah. about it. Anyways, their fuck count, 935. Their fuck count. It's like every word. <clears throat> well, I really enjoyed all the fucks in my movie. Dude, we've just said the word fuck so many times. People are going to be hammered. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I forgot that we <laughs> gave that as a thing. <laughs> Fuck this. (laughs) Oh, sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. Thank God you're not drinking stinky pinkies. Oh, man. Okay, so if you enjoyed that, you want to see some pictures from this week, THC Podcast on Instagram. Um, Tell a friend, tell a family member. We're on all streaming sites. Leave a review. We would really appreciate it. We are now going to talk about Married at First Sight. We a lot of it. We, we meant to, to catch do it up. last episode, which cut was out on two me. weeks ago, and I had to pee. I have to pee again now, in all fairness, but, but it's we're right here in my bedroom. Yeah, so I can just go to the bathroom. It'll right, be great. So, um, if you do not want to listen to Married at First Sight podcast, we don't blame you. I hope you enjoyed this one. I did. 
I really enjoyed this one. I thought it was great. I'll talk about Boondock Saints every day. Oh, my look of the week. Oh, fuck. I yep. know. Oh, fuck. I just forgot about it. That wasn't an off fuck against you. That was because I'm such an idiot. I forgot. I had Mariah's daughter do the fucking whatever these your are. Your microphone's not even close to your mouth, huh? It's just out in space. What are these? Fingers. Tattoos. I know, but are they? No idea. Right. Who knows what they are? Catholic words. Uh-huh. Celtic, Catholic. Who knows? They're the words that are tattooed on the saint's fingers. Yeah. And they're melting off because she did them in eyeliner like hours ago. But we'll put we'll put something together. We'll figure it out. But so if I've got a turtleneck seen... on or the best I could do. The best turtleneck. And then I of could... course, your black peacoat. Yes. Oh, that was the other thing I read about the boondock saints. OK. It came out the same year as I believe it was right around the. So. Boondock Saints was a flop in the theaters. Which is so crazy. But I'm going to tell you why. So it got a cult following oh, as a released on, at the time, VHS, soon to be DVD, which is how I found it. Like, I believe my first copy of Boondock Saints, a friend of my other friend at the time, had like a bootleg copy on a VHS. And yeah. that's what I used to watch, was yeah. like a bootleg version of Boondock Saints. The reason it was a flop in the movies is it came out very shortly after Columbine. Right. And Columbine, which we've done Mm -hmm. on episode 13, was our Columbine episode. Columbine, they were in black trench coats. The Boondock Saints, they're in black pea coats. It was too similar. Because the Boondock Saints even wear sunglasses a lot. And the um, Eric and the other guy, I can't remember his name, I think also wore sunglasses. Like in the famous pictures of them, they have sunglasses on. Yeah. So it was just too similar at the time when Columbine just happened that they didn't get the like support. They didn't get the advertising. It was just the whole thing was kind of a flop. But that's why. Because of Columbine. Why are you laughing? I can't get my out. Oh, dear. I know. Anyway. Anyways. So, yes. B's look of the week. She dressed up like one of the uh, like a McManus brother. We got the tattoos on the fingers. I've got what I'm going to try to pretend is a rosary. And you've got what we're going to pretend is a real gun. And we're going <laughs> to. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to pretend it's a real gun. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. It's it's definitely not a real real gun. But. <laughs> For the Eileen Warnos episode, I would just like you all to know that she took my real, not real gun and we did a pose for Eileen Warnos. That was what, two or three episodes ago? Sure. And <laughs> do you remember? So obviously it's not loaded. There's no clip in it. It is completely 100% safe. Bailey still dropped it on the ground. <laughs> I was like, thank God it's not loaded because we would have just killed a cat. Died, yeah. We would have killed a neighborhood cat or ourselves. Yeah, that happened. Yeah, it was a good time, but that's why we don't keep it loaded. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway, so check out pictures of that on. Yeah, check out pictures to make sure we're still alive. <laughs> THC podcast on Instagram. And like we said, recommend us to somebody. They might like us. You don't know. And if they watch Married at First Sight, here's this part of the hey, podcast because we're right. getting in deep and I can't fucking wait. She's been waiting two weeks to talk about this, guy, So I've been get waiting ready. Long time. Buckle up. Here we go. Mm, mm. 
Welcome back to the second <laughs> part of our THC podcast episode. This is the Married at First Sight podcast now. Welcome. We appreciate you staying in the long haul for us. I'm so excited. So excited. We just finished season 10, which is the latest season on Hulu, but not the latest season on TV. Mm-hmm. They're on like season um, 11 or 12 now. So it's been a roller coaster of a season. We're not going to walk you all the way through it, but we are going to try to give you a quick summary and then walk you through the craziest last three episodes of any show you've ever watched. Let's just know that all that really matters is what happened on their wedding day versus what's going on during the couple's retreat. Retreat. So hopefully you guys have listened to our podcast before. You know what Married at First Sight is. It is a reality TV show where you do not know the person that you marry until you're at the altar. That's the first time you see them, the first time you meet them, know anything about them, correct? Yes. And the last time we spoke about it, they had just picked out what they were going to wear. It was very early on. They hadn't even gotten married yet. Correct. And so they get six weeks of married life to decide if they're going to stay married or not. And then the season finale is always whether or not they choose to stay married or they choose to get a divorce. And I think it's like less than a week before that decision day, they go on this thing called a couple's retreat where they all go off on a vacation together, Together. usually in a big house, you know, in the middle of the woods. And more so than ever, they are, they do everything together. They have a honeymoon together. The couples. They live in an apartment complex together in their own apartments, obviously. But yeah, they do a lot more together. But I think that's good, though, because nobody really knows what they're going through than the other participants. Mm -mm. Also, other things you should know, just real quick, whatever city it's taking place in, these people are from that city because you have to live your life with this person. So this episode or season that we watched is Washington, D.C. These people are from D.C. They live in D.C. Their friends are in D.C. because they have to actively live their lives afterwards. So if you want to do something like cheat on your new wife of four weeks, Matt. Everyone's going to know. From season nine, all the people on the party scene in what what was that? Charlotte or Atlanta? Yeah, I think it was like North Carolina or something. Yeah. Anyways. They're all going to know about it. So it does. I feel like it adds another interesting layer. Absolutely. Of, you know, word gets around of what of your shenanigans. So speaking of fucking shenanigans, let's just get in straight into Mindy and Zach. Mindy and Zach. Zach's the biggest Hot fucking ever. mess. I knew he was a douchebag. You called it. Minute. You called it like episode three. Mm-hmm. You called him a sociopath. He just got those sociopathic eyes. Yeah. You called it episode three. It was fucking crazy. The way that he answers questions with questions, you never know what the fuck he's talking about. He's just, I don't even know. He's so And he is classically good looking. He's Mm -hmm. not my type, but I do understand how he is a good looking man. And you can just tell that he has relied on that his entire life. Yeah. He never had to, like, develop a good personality because they're like, oh, he's cute. Mindy seems cool. Mindy's all right. Yeah, I mean, she's, yeah. You know. Though, as much as she put up with. She's very sweet and she's very forgiving and she's very open-minded. I wouldn't have done as much as she did. No, of course not. I Mm -hmm. wouldn't do as much as any of these people did. Then we got Taylor and Brandon. Oh, Hot Mess Express. Where do we begin? 
We begin with the fact that if you are a longtime listener of this podcast, you hear us talk about our friend Ben a lot. It's mine and my husband's best friend besides B. Um, Brandon in Brandon and Taylor. Is it Brandon or Brendan? Brandon. Brandon looks exactly like our friend Ben, except for opposite personality. So we when I talk about this show to my husband, because I do, because I'm a loser with no life, I call him Evil Ben. Yeah. Because he looks just like Ben, but he's like his Wario, like his yes. evil twin. Anyways, that's him. He's a douchebag. He does not want to be on camera. He does not want to be part of a TV show. He is so disrespectful. Why did you sign up for a show, to my To all dude? the people on the show. The other people, the producers, the camera people. The utter disrespect, the shade, the everything. And he acts like a giant baby. And Taylor is not perfect, but she definitely deserves to be treated better than what he's doing. Let's talk about her fucking IG post. That was a rough one. What the fuck was that? That was probably because she was tired of that dude that she's fucking I mean, I get that. But then to just walk outside of your apartment complex where everybody lives and just be like, I'm single and I'm always going to be single. Yeah, I think it was, was it IG or like a Snapchat? No, it was IG. She made like a video. She's married. she's very heavy on her, her influencers. She's an influencer. Everything's in front of her influencers. So she made a video about how... These are her qualifications for the perfect man. And there's no man that exists that that lives up to him. Meanwhile, she's married. And then she was like, do you feel me, ladies? Like, these guys aren't shit kind of a post. And her husband took offense to that. But this is after her husband went off and cursed her out on the honeymoon. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree with you. I would have been... I understand what her fault is, but... They were they went on a group honeymoon. All the couples go on honeymoon together. It's the end of the honeymoon. They're getting in the van to like go to the airport. Right. And Taylor and Brandon are fighting. And Taylor, I believe, is already on the van. Brandon gets on the van. He's cussing out producers. He's cussing out the camera people of the show. Her out. Then he cusses her out yeah. and like is like, fuck you. Yeah. And that, to me, we would have been divorced on the bus. On the site. The fact that she wanted to even try after that, because I understand that people get mad and people say out-of-the-pocket shit. I've been with my husband for a thousand years, and he is never... And we've gotten into fights. Who doesn't fight? People, Couples fight. We fight, you know, every handful of years we'll get into a fight and he still has never spoken to me the way that Brandon spoke to Taylor. No. Take a beat and let's move on to Mika and Michael. <sighs> oh my God. Don't he be. tells crazy lies, but then he also like how anti like he's so bad at like social situations that you're just like he's so bad yeah. that you're what is going on here? Right. There's something else happening. But then his sister broke it down. Remember, Miko went to dinner with his sister. Yes. And his sister's like, she, like, he's always been like an oddball. Mm-hmm. And he was always made fun of it for it. Like, and so now that he's an adult, he tries very hard to present himself as somebody who has it all together. Right. Mr. Perfect, whatever. Right. That did make a lot of sense. But he has a lot of social problems. Yes. For instance, he lies all the time. For instance, they're on their way to the couple's retreat and they are like 
basically he's not talking to her at all. He barely talks to anybody, not even his wife, which this is a funny thing is that Mika, sweet angel from heaven, is talking to her husband who does not talk back to her at all. Right. And she's like, this is going to be a positive experience. It's going to be a fun weekend. It's going to be great, like hyping herself up. And then they cut to Brandon and Taylor's car where it's you could cut the tension oh with God. a knife. Right. And they hate each other. He's got his fucking air, his air pods in and the whole thing. Is so all, yeah. they get to the couple's retreat. And what's the first thing that what's his name? Michael? Yes. What's the first thing he does? He doesn't say hi to anybody. Walk beelines to yeah. the bar. Fills a mason jar with, with Jack. Jack Daniels. Yeah, Jack. Splash of Coke. Yes. And you're like, oh, this isn't, this is going terribly. Yes. This is not good at all. Yes. Doesn't help her with her luggage. No. Nothing. Doesn't say hi to anyone. Nothing. Then we've got our perfect couple. In my theory, the couple we would be friends with the most. Well, wait a minute. Austin and... You think we would be friends with them? I do. I think they're the most fun. Ew. Oh, I'm sorry. You'd rather be friends with Brandon and I Taylor no, and watch I don't, them fight? I don't want to be friends with any of these people. Austin? I'm saying out of all of the couples. Okay. If we had to choose, yes. Would Austin, you like to know the point where I decided this? Please. When they get to the couples retreat and what's her name? Jessica. Brings her crock pot. Yeah. She brought her fucking crock pot and, and he carried like, it from room to room. He carried it to every fucking room of this mansion. When they're in DC, Austin's like, you're really bringing your crock pot? And she's all, yeah, yeah. Why, why wouldn't I? That to me spoke so much to you. That I was like, oh yeah, we'd be friends with this girl. Like that's such a Bailey thing to do to bring her crock pot on vacation. And then this no. poor guy is so awkward and everything he does, he carries in all the luggage and the crock pot and just they're like, let's give you a tour of this giant As house. As he holds on to the crock pot. He's like the opposite of Michael and Brandon. He's this like, guy's can got, we just see the kitchen? This that guy's go- got <laughs> both of their luggage and the crock pot. <laughs> And he's and walking. she's like, yeah, let me see the next room. That'd be great. And he keeps casually asking, like, but where's the kitchen? Is there a kitchen around here? Oh, my God. Just the crock pot scene alone. I was like, oh, these are the people B and I would hang out with. OK. They're not fighting. They're down to drink. Yes. They're hanging. They yes. brought a crock pot. Yes, yes, yes. We can make anything. And in there. they are. They're cooking. They're the only two bringing. The I'm meal. telling you. I know Austin looks like um, Napoleon Dynamite. Napoleon Dynamite. And I know that it's a little off-putting. They're very awkward. But I feel like out of all the couples, they are the ones we'd be friends with. Yes. When you put it like that. Because let's go to the last couple, uh, Derek I, and Katie. Here, here's how bad their relationship is. I don't even have their pronoun. They weren't even worth worth. Here's what I'm telling you. If I see Katie anywhere in the streets, We're I'm throwing, throwing hands. hands. I'm throwing hands on that. bitch. I'm going to pound you for that bitch. Me and we Katie have, are going to have real have, words in the street about her personality. She, no one enraged me more. That's not true. Michael and Brandon really got me going. You wanted to love her so bad. She's a fellow type 1 diabetic like myself. We are both type 1 diabetics. We both have a lot of freckles. I really, you know, I felt we like I could. to relate. 
I cannot relate to her. No. I fucking hate her. I hate her so much. And I'm all about women supporting women and hyping <coughs> each other up. I can't find anything hypeable about her. Mm-mm. Oh, my lanta. What, what didn't he do? What didn't he do to give her what she needed to prove to her that he was all in it? I have no idea what. And then, for, and then for her to get so drunk at the recruit and act like that. It's so crazy because her biggest problem with him, Derek, who's cute. He's very sweet. Nerdy, he's trying. Funny. First of all, he's not allowed to do anything in front of her. Nothing. He can't he, have any fun. As I burp. If he burps in front of her, she freaks out. Anything. Like I remember on the retreat, he like blows his nose and she's like, mm, that's nice. Bitch, he can't blow his nose. Uh-huh. Damn. Uh-huh. Anywho, she like her biggest beef with him is that he's never been in love before. That's what he claims. She hates that about him. She it does not sit right. Let me remind you guys, this woman almost pulled out from the entire show because, because she still had feelings for her ex who is seems like a manipulative piece of garbage. Yep. And was running a game on her and she almost backed out from the whole show because of this ex. Yep. Right. Fast forward to Derek's never been in love. She has a problem with that. Fast forward to he takes her to like look at his childhood memories. Oh, that shit. Oh, my God. And she finds a thing from this girl he dated in college and she just loses it because he obviously had some sort of connection with this he girl. had feelings for her <laughs> and a like, poem he wrote about no one yeah a poem he literally wrote about no one how are you that, i thought that was what you were upset about was that he had never been in love him before and the minute that you find out that he had affection or feelings for another that girl, he can have this love yeah which is what he was trying to show her mm-hmm. he was like look i am, I am capable, capable of this i'm she shuts him down like how she, dare you no she turns into a spoiled rotten little bitch. how dare you oh have that God. with somebody else and then he turns it around and gives her everything everything she needs on this retreat they steal, after she throws another tantrum they steal a golf cart mm-hmm. they steal a turtle so they get to the retreat they all start drinking obviously so taylor and brandon are not talking michael and mika not, not talking, talking. Mika's upset. She's clearly having a hard time. Taylor. Is Mindy and Zach not there. Mindy and Zach aren't there because they broke up yeah, by this point. Yes. Because Zach, the douchebag. cheating. With her friend. Yes. With her friend. That's a whole other story that doesn't oh even deserve God. our time. Mindy and Zach are broken up. The douchebag who I said was a, a narcissist or whatever from is, the beginning. Is. He's the worst. He's the worst. He gaslights her the whole time. It's a mess. He's the worst. So to try to like make Taylor and Mika feel better, Derek's getting a little tipsy and he's like being very playful with them, especially Taylor, who's feeding into it. You and I would not have a problem with this. We would be joining in. Yes. It would be great. We'd be having a good time. Katie freaks out. You're ruining my marriage. Throws separate tantrums. Why don't you see that? Where she storms away from the party, has to go pout and cry about it. And it's just a whole big thing. So it's like, she's like, oh, you show them so much. You're so much nicer than them. You show them so much more affection than me. Is it because they're being kind to him? 
Is it because they're showing him like a little bit of attention, a little bit of human decency where they actually like smile at him and have a great time with him? Find him funny and entertaining and a, a joy to be around. So then he apologizes a lot and then he takes her on like an adventurous date. She literally yells at him, says something like, why are you so gr- like gross and nerdy and blah blah? Like she just insults him the whole time. And then he's like, "You, you know, that's just me being myself, right?" <laughs> yeah. And she's like, "Ugh." And the whole the time worst. that like he's just getting along with the other people, and she's like, "Oh God, Derek's so great, isn't yeah. he?" Uh, and it's like, "Bitch, oh my, God. it's your husband. What yeah. are you talking about?" Yeah. So then he takes her on this like fun air quote fun date. Here's the difference. When he's talking to those other women, they're having a good time together. They're smiling. They're engaging. Everyone's happy. They go on this fun date and she's having so much fun. And let me give you my impersonation. Hold on. This is Katie. Ready? Having the time of her life. Having her dream date. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is so much fun. Yeah. Oh, my God. We're so crazy. You're such a bad boy. Right. Oh, my God. I can't believe we're doing this. Right. Like, wow, it sounds like we're just having the time of our lives. I'm I'm so glad I just stole this golf cart for you <laughs> and drove you all the way over here so that we could steal this turtle. Oh, my God. We're so crazy, babe. Yeah. Oh, my God. You, were, you want to take a nap? <laughs> <laughs> she would hashtag hate us. Let, let's go nap together. Could you imagine if we were in that situation, the shit we would pull and she with kept, Derek? <laughs> she kept talking about him not initiating sex more. And it's like, oh, girl, like, who are you? <laughs> For real. Where are you in the relationship? And then like, oh, married people have sex on their period. Uh, not all married people. I don't have sex on my period. Right. And especially not at a couple's retreat. Yeah, we can just ruin the bed for everybody. Right? Are yeah, you no. kidding? No, no, not all married people. She's never been married. How does she know what married no, no, people she do? She literally, married people have sex on their period. Mm. You need to make me feel more wanted and more attractive. Okay, well, listen, if you are a married person and you have sex on your period, good for you. Uh, you, you get your shit. Yeah, don't Go do ahead. it. Don't do it at an Airbnb, though. Or do. I don't really care what you do, mm. but I'm just saying it's a very blanket statement to yeah. be like, oh, all married people do this. Well, no. that's not true. You no. have to, both people have to be comfortable with whatever's about to go down. And you would know if you had a conversation with your husband about what makes him comfortable. Also, when they were having their like heart to hearts or whatever, and she was talking about um, like the reason her other relationships hadn't worked out. She talked about how it always came down to like her insecurity and her jealousy think? and how that always was the reason her whatever didn't work out. And then she turned around and was the most insecure, jealous person on the face of the fucking planet. Okay, girl, we got to stop right here and now because you have not seen the end. I have not seen the end. And we're going to talk about it. Yeah, because I'm going to make my predictions. Yeah. So ladies and gentlemen, Mariah has not watched the end. I have. I've watched the end and the reunion. Reunion. So buckle in. We're going to have predictions and let's see how it works out. Okay. Who we're going to start with. Whatever you want. You're the one with all the papers you printed out. I know. Let's start with 
I already know how. Um, what is that? Zach and no. Mindy make out. Okay, sure. Let's. Yeah. Zach, Zach and Mindy. They stay divorced. Yes. She threw a divorce party, girl. Yes. Which was hilarious because it was four weeks after her wedding. Yes. <laughs> I appreciate it. And then Jessica and Austin. Married. Yes. Probably having a kid by now. No kid that I know of. I know, but soon. Taylor and Brandon. Divorced. So he shows up to the whatever. the. Okay, we should tell you, couples retreat. He stormed off. Oh, yeah. He almost got into a fight with one of the producers. Like, he had Not such- almost. He did get into a fight. No, but, the, but they didn't like swing Not like on a each other. Not like a physical fight, but yeah. He had such a problem being on camera. He would talk shit to the producers and the cameramen like they weren't just doing their job. And finally, one producer got sick of it. He's like, stop being a little bitch. Yeah. And then Brandon got real weird and was like in his face and like, uh, like following him and whatever. And then he like stormed off from the retreat. Michael also left, but he returned. He Correct. had some air quote personal business Which to was attend to. Of yeah. course it was, but whatever. Um, <laughs> so Brandon left, left after getting yes. into a fight with anybody Never who he back. could get into a fight with. Right? Yes. Right. Yes. So my prediction is that they do not stay together. Right. So they actually end up doing somewhat well, like off camera. Yeah. You it's, see, like, it's like always the cameras that you are see the problem. The, you see the spy cameras at night, right? Like okay. they're cuddling or whatever. But in the long run, when it comes down to decision day, he leaves her hanging. He comes of course. way late. Of course. And then accuse of, accuses all of the professionals of like making a mockery of him and his job. <sighs> making him late to things. I ruin- hate this guy so fucking much. No, and so Cal lays into him. Yes, Pastor Cal. Pepper Let's lays get it. into they, they, Yes, Dr. Pepper. Like, they're like, so you think your time is worth more money than ours, basically. Like, What does he even do? Is it, he like a club he's promoter? Like, yeah, he's like a beers, a, a beer promoter. Like a, Because I remember Taylor went out one time. He's like, you know, that's one of my accounts, right? Yeah. Because she went to like some place that he right. works with. Mm-hmm. No. So the two of them, they have restraining orders against each other. Taylor and Brandon? Yes. Well, that's not surprising. They can't. They got into it to a point they literally had to have. Honestly, I thought before he left the retreat when they were in the bathroom, I'm, I thought that they were swinging on yeah. each other. And mm-hmm. I didn't think it was like, oh, Brandon was beating her up. I thought she it started was on him, him on him. And then they just started hitting each other. But I yeah. guess they didn't. But it sounded like they were going to beat the shit out of each other. No, they both have a restraining order against one another. Well, not surprised there. Yeah, so that was a great one. Do they both go to the reunion? Yes. It has to be. No, no, no. Brandon was not invited to the reunion. Oh. Which made it really awkward for Michael because he was friends. That's the only friend he had. Yes, was within Brandon. And so... He almost storms off of the reunion because he's like, I don't want to be here to speak for someone who's not here for himself. Yeah, but and they're like, all right, we get it. We don't want to make you uncomfortable. Also, but. that could be the answer. You don't have to storm off. No. Okay. Yeah. So I was right about that one. Yes. I'm two for two. Let's go for Michael and Mika. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm three for three because yeah. I, but I guess oh. Zeke and right. what's his name? Zach and whatever doesn't count. Okay. Who? Michael and Mika. Okay. Here's the thing with Michael and Mika. I would not be surprised if they stayed together, but I hope that they don't because 
I feel like Mika deserves better. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness they do not. Thank God. She Mika, div- girl. Yeah. Find someone else. Yes. Find mm-hmm. somebody who will actually talk to yes. you. Yes. Because this man won't even talk to her. Yes. They just sit in silence. Yes. And then Derek and what's her fuck? I feel like they might stay together. But again, I feel like Derek deserves better. Yeah. No, they do not. So no, oh, no, actually, no, Austin. actually, no, they do. They do stay together. But then they break up. Yes. Okay. So at the reunion. Oh, my God. What a fucking mess. I'm going to still watch it. Yeah. What's Derek's ex? Oh, the girl from college. What? No, his actual like the girl's name from the show. What's her name? Oh, Katie. Sure. Katie. The type one diabetic girl. Yes. Katie. She goes out with fucking Zach. <laughs> she goes out on a date with Zach. I'm joking. No. I'm joking. Okay. So. I'm choking. This bit. The audacity. No, listen. So Katie, they stay together at the end. Uh-huh. Right. They move in together. Uh-huh. We see her family. Everything's roses. Perfect. Whatever. He blows his nose one too many times. Exactly. She's had enough. Exactly. So they live together because they signed up for a lease, but they're separated. But she has an affair with her ex. <sighs> right. I've never disliked another person. Which so much she in my then which she then tells him about. Yeah. And then after they're like officially broken up, mm-hmm. it's she's at like a Christmas party and I guess she's drunk and Zach is also there. And so <laughs> she's like, yeah, like, let's let's have drinks. Guess what? Have fun. Yeah. You deserve each other. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Yeah. So when Mindy found this out, that that was a real good time at the reunion because they all got tattoos together. Oh, they all, got, they all got 10 tattoos together. Oh. <laughs> Please let Derek and Taylor end up together. That's all I want in this life. Oh, my God. They were having a great time together at the retreat. That would be epic. So Katie's a good old case of projection, right? The thing she fears most in her partner, the reason she fears it is because she knows she's capable of it she knows that those are the feelings that she has they're the actions that she would take therefore she assumes that her partner is also capable of that and are going to do those things right it's projection she's a piece of shit she deserves is it zach yes she deserves zach piece of shit Mm -hmm. good luck with that guys Derek deserves better yes amen so obviously Mika and Michael didn't work out. Oh so yeah. when Michael has to try to like stand up for Brandon, he's breaks down. He's like, I can't lie for myself and for Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I can't do both. <laughs> that was really hard for So him. did they explain why Brandon quote unquote wasn't invited? No. It was never really addressed. I, I just I guess it was because of the restraining order. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. I I definitely got the um the vibe that by the couple's retreat, like even the crew was tired of Brandon. Yes. Like, cause that producer, it was about like his mic. He tried to take his mic off and the producer's like, mm-hmm. don't fucking touch that mic. It's not your property. Yeah. But I've never seen producers ever do that in reality shows before. So I just feel like at that point they were like tired of Brandon's right. bullshit. Right. 
you know. And then what was Jessica and Austin's one flaw? What was, or I guess they had two. Austin had never said, I love you. Right. At the reunion? No, at the finale, he says. Oh, on the couch in front of other people? Or like, no, where it's like the, the one where it's like, I need to confirm our marriage. Oh, okay. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Well, God bless them. I'm sure they'll have lots of babies. And they'll probably have a spinoff. But I yeah. hope they look like their mother. Mm-hmm. You know. So yeah. Season 10, baby. It was a wild ride. Oh my God. It was- I feel like at this point, because some of those people, like you could see how Brandon could get by, but like Michael, to me, is so antisocial and is so, I don't know, just weird. Yeah. That I feel like the producers at this point are just putting one or two people in there to like fuck with everybody. Yeah. Like they don't expect it to work out. They're like just Matt, like. Like Matt from last time. Like Matt. Mm-hmm. It's like you knew he was a fucking sociopath or whatever he was. These garbage humans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you throw them in there? Can't wait how, for season how 11 can to come they out. slip through. Yeah. It's a crazy show. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know what we're going to talk about in the second half of our podcast from now on, but love you guys. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be something. Um, if you've listened this far, God bless you. Oh, my God. Happy. What's wrong with us? Belated St. Patty's Day. Yes. Happy wrap up of season 10, Married at yes. First Sight. We're, we will now take a Married at First Sight break, I promise. Um, anything else? Follow no. us on Instagram. Tell a friend, tell a family member. We love you so much. And we will see you next time. Hey.